With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the After Show with Mackenzie Stewart and Amy Shannon, a spinoff of the Fishbowl Radio Network's The Writer's Edge. I'm Mackenzie Stewart. I'm an educator and author. And I'm Amy Shannon, an author, poet, editor, and book reviewer. We're here to share about everything literary. Writing tips, experience, trends, and even interviews. Yes, interviews with authors and other literary industry professionals. So sit back, notebook and pen in one hand, and a glass of wine in the other. And enjoy the after show. Hello, Amy. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you? Hey, I am doing, I am doing good. Um, you know, today, you know, I really wanted to share and talk to everyone out there. Um, and I'm, I definitely know that you have, you know, some experience and you can really help um, with um, our conversation today on just, you know, you and I, we, we say this all the time that in order for you to be able to write, you have to have a clear head and a clear mind in order for you to be creative. And with everything that's going on right now in the world, it's very hard. I'm finding that it's very hard for me to be creative, uh, for me to really sit down because I have all this noise, um, you know, in the background in my head about everything that's going on and I can't really focus. So, you know, I think perhaps, you know, if I'm experiencing this, perhaps there's others out there that's experiencing the same thing as well. Um, you know, what do you think um, we can do um, to um, – be able to concentrate and start writing again. Well, one of the things, and actually I was thinking about this earlier today, um, and I was thinking that, you know, last week we told authors, you know, use this time that you have, because you probably have a lot more time than you normally do, to do writing. But I think one thing you could do is, you know, take your mind away from, like, the world, because um I've discovered that there's a lot of like um like things going virtual like um you can tour museums um certain ones you know online virtually um NASA is releasing um they have where you can access their photos and some they normally would would charge a fee for but they're letting you do it for free so there are things that you can do online, and what I was thinking about that before, I was like, you know, if you, you know, you're not, the ideas aren't coming to you, or all you can think about is, you know, um, the apocalypse or whatever, you know, I mean, it depends on, everybody has a different reaction, and, you know, some people are more worried than others, and some may be more panic panicked than warranted and some may be panicked because it is warranted but if you're 
like you lose that focus if you focus on maybe honing your craft or even coming up with ideas. Um, if your mind is going crazy with you have all this noise in the background, write about the noise or try to teach yourself something new. You know, pick up a book that has nothing to do with, you know, any virus or pandemic or anything, just something you can get lost in. And if you let yourself get lost, you know, sometimes your best ideas come when you're trying not to think of a great idea. I I definitely do agree. Um, um, I also, with me, when when I am able to focus on something, my you know, um, my mind definitely takes me to another creative type of space where I can kind of build upon that. So I have a couple work, a couple uh, works uh, that's out there, and um, I'm just kind of like at a stalemate right now. Yeah, and I can see that. And sometimes if you go back and read something that you've written and completed, that sometimes can, and and read it as if you're a reader, not as if you're the person that wrote it. And sometimes you just kind of get into the space of the characters and then other things come to mind. That happens to me a lot. You know, there's a tip um, that you gave um, um, years ago, and it still rings true to this day. When you mention that when you write, you'll write, you know, and then you will finish up what you're writing on that page, and then you will start perhaps maybe another chapter, and you will start with a, a couple sentences. And so yeah. those are those things that really spark um, you, you know, someone to be creative and finish their train of thought where they were. Yeah, and kind of like, oh, because when I was writing, the one thing that um, I, you know, I just kind of picked up where I left off, but I like leaving off, you know, a couple lines into the next chapter because it kind of puts me into what, where I was going with that particular chapter. Um, and I, unless the book sat on a shelf unfinished for, you know, quite a while and I worked on something else, when I'm first writing the story, I don't go back and reread what I wrote until it's finished. You know, I get all my thoughts about the story, but I always start a couple lines of the next chapter to kind of stay in that mind. The very last book that I wrote, and it's possibly it could be my very last book I wrote ever, I... It had sat on a shelf for quite a while. It was pretty much like it was half finished. And then I decided that I I had to finish it. I could have just said, no, I'm not going to finish it. The book before this was the last one because it's also the last book in my very large saga. But I'm like, no, because I feel like I left these characters hanging, so I kind of left myself Mm -hmm. hanging, you know, what what was going to happen. And then I ended up writing this the rest of the story in reverse, which was really strange because I never know how it's going to end. But this time I knew how it was going to end. I just had to figure out how to get there. So I started at the last chapter and wrote my way backwards 
until I hit where I left off, and then I kind of tweaked it a little so it worked. And I had never done anything like that before. I never know how a book's going to end, but this one, I knew it. You know, we talk about this all the time, how, you know, everyone has their own different writing style, and one way is not better than the other. Um, But um, with a book that... um, um, that I wrote, actually, I, I took one weekend, and so the idea was in my mind, and so I did exactly what you rec- what you just said um, to the audience. I wrote it from the beginning to the end because I, mm-hmm. I knew what type of story I wanted to write. I knew that it was going to be a very fast-paced book, so there's yeah. some things that I spent a lot of time, you know, describing, but then there's a lot of things that I just really, you know, touched on it just so that, because um, I really want to do about 15,000 um, 15, words, um, mm-hmm. you know, not anything um, elaborate like I did before, but I want this to be very quick um, um, because in my mind, this particular book is a sweet book. It's a, um, you know, it's, I, I can reach a wider audience um, of accepting, you know, the types of stuff that's, you know, in this particular book. And so I uh, definitely want to... Um, you know, finish it up, but um, uh, not quite there quite yet to really pick it back up um, with, you know, everything that's kind of going on. But um, I do think that it's really great to be able to write it from the from the beginning to the end. So this was the very first time that I was able to do that. So that's really great advice um, that you gave. Um, and then also um, looking at a story from the end and then building your way back up. Um, I like that exercise too. Now I've never done that, um, but Me but either. You know, I'm, and I'm I've written over 108 books, so <laughs> that was a curse for me. I've, I've gotten in the middle of a book, and then it's like, oh, I know the end, but never. Okay, it needs to happen there. Um, I, I've never done that, and so I guess that would be very. And I like to challenge myself creatively. And, you know, hope maybe, you know, that will come to me to write a book in that particular, um, um, you know, direction. But, yeah, that's very, that's very exciting um, um, whenever, you know, you, the story comes to you from the beginning to the end. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love it when if I read, if I read someone else's book and I can't tell what's going to happen, I like being surprised because a lot of times because – you know, we're writers, sometimes we can kind of figure out, you know, who the killer is or whatever, um, how a story or even a TV show or a movie is going to end. It's when I'm surprised and shocked and I didn't see it coming, and that's what makes me really enjoy a story because, you know, I've read so many and I've written some, so you kind of, some people write, a certain, you know, they it's like there's a template for certain types of genres, and some people just follow that. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I'd like to be surprised, you know. Um, you know, some romance novels, you know, they follow the thing of, you know, one person meets another, they fall in love, something happens, something from their past, they break up, but then they find their way back to each other and live happily ever after. And a lot of times that is like, it's like the formula or recipe for 
writing, uh, you know, writing that particular genre. And there's a lot. I've read a lot of books that have followed that recipe. Um, same thing with any other type, you know, fantasy, um, fantasy, sci-fi. I love it when people mix their genres in there, you know, and it gets really, it makes it more interesting. Um, so, you know, that's like honing your craft and being unpredictable in your writing. And if you can surprise yourself, you can surprise your audience. I've written a, a, one book about a suspense and trying to figure out who the killer was. And I didn't know who the killer was until I decided, oh, this person's the killer. Mm-hmm, and it just, mm-hmm. Because it kind of worked, but it was kind of unforeseen. So, you know, being unpredictable in your writing is is also a creative creativeness, you know. You know, I love that, Amy, because, um, you know, you know, when I get real-time feedback when someone's reading the book and they're calling me, uh, talking to me about it, it's very, um, you know, and they, they're reading one or two chapters a day, and so they, you know, obviously don't know what's going to happen next, and they, they, they're trying to tell me what's going to happen. And then I go, oh, really, you think that's going to happen? Okay, we'll see, how, we'll see how that works out. And so then they're calling me the next day. They're like, you know what, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Um, but, um, you know, I thought that when I was starting out writing um, my Emily Graham novels that um, Kendall was going to be the doting grandmother. And, you know, um, actually, actually, if, if the truth be told, I actually had, um, you know who was going to be the killer in my book in, in Shattered? It was going to be, can you take a guess? Well, I would have thought Doris, but. Oh, Doris, that, no, it was going to be Samantha. So oh. remember, remember, yeah. <laughs> because there was a, so, so the very first working title that I had, because you know my titles change all the time, the very first yeah. working title that I had was I Love You to Death. Mm-hmm. And so basically um, the whole scene with Samantha and um, Julia was going to be a little bit more blown up, and she was going to mm-hmm. take it really hard that Julia went for Emily. And then years after college, Emily's married with Brent, to Brendan, and so um, she, Brendan, he messes up um, like he always does, but Emily is going to divorce him. And so basically Samantha is trying to kill Emily because she feels like um, she took her life um, with Julia away from her. Mm-hmm. And so th- it was going to be that type of a book. <laughs> well, well, that sounds interesting, too. Um, I actually I offer it as bonus books, but in my saga there are several books that I rewrote and it's as even like it's not even part of it. It's like a bonus, um, like an alternate. Um, I don't want to say alternate universe, but what would happen if instead of making this one choice, the main character made this other choice, and mm-hmm. how would their lives change? I was, you know, just wondering what if I rewrote this part and something else happened, you know, because there was in the original story um, there was, you know, this woman. She was, she loved this man, but she married two other men first because she thought he didn't have feelings for her, 
and she just, you know, um, she barely could even admit it to herself that she had feelings for him. But in the alternate version, I have that they told each other the truth and then began the relationship like years earlier than the normal story and see where it led me. So, you know, you could even do something like that, even if it was just for fun. Write an alternate version or write your original story and see where it takes you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't believe I've never really shared that with you, even though we talk all the time. Yeah, it, yeah, Shattered was going to be in. So basically, Samantha was going to really be like a serial killer, and um, she was going to actually um, – have this garden out there and kind of put her, you know, kind of put the bodies out there, the, you know, the body out there in the garden. And so the garden's going to be growing, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> um, good fertilizer. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, that weird stuff that I write about uh, sometimes. But, um, yeah, so that that was going to be that. But Kendall was going to be very doting uh, grandmother. And then I was like, what fun is that? You know, what fun is Kendall being doting? And I was like, no, yeah. I want her to be pushy. I want her to be that pushy mother-in-law. I want her to, you know, push her son, push push a grown man um, around and tell him what she wants him to do. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can go. I'm, I'm down for that. I'm down for yeah, that. Because she, she treats her husband and her son the same way. Right. <laughs> Yes, she does. Yes, she does. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's just, uh, uh, yeah, it was just a different way to actually think about it. And I guess now that I'm talking about writing and hopefully I will be inspired that I can kind of, you know, spend at least an hour um, uh, this weekend and just really start to kind of craft my story um, a little bit more because I really do ha- get pleasure out of writing my Emily Graham novels. Um you have because a I wonderful cast that. of characters. Oh, well, thank you. You, you do. Thank I mean, you. they are, I like that there are many characters. Um, and I like that, I mean, th- those are characters probably, because, I mean, you love them so much. So I can tell, you know, mm-hmm. your passion went in your stories. And I could see you writing for Emily and, and Brandon and Kindle for quite a while. I mean, it's the mm-hmm. same way with my saga. My saga, when it started, it starts from the very first book I ever wrote. And I then after that, I wrote two more stories that had nothing to do with that one. And then I went back to that, and I started writing a sequel. And then on, on, by the third book, I wrote a prequel. And then... Since 2005, um, or 2004, when I wrote my first book, just that saga alone has, and because I just finished, 67 volumes, because I like Uh the characters. I have a lot of characters, but not every, in every book, it's it's a different, it's a whole new story, a whole new adventure, or whatever Mm. happens. And sometimes I bring more characters into focus and let the other ones sit in the background. And, you know, and there's a, there are several times when I wrote a book in, intending that one to be the final one. <laughs> and then I get an idea uh-huh. and I started writing more. But um, I have completed it um, 
So I have finished it with 67 volumes, and there's like nine bonus books that you know people can get for free if they um, purchase a certain amount of my other books. Oh wow, wow. Yeah, you know, I always want wanted to um in um you know, trying to squeeze it in is kind of difficult. Um but um I'm wanting to be able to um write you know, about the characters, what they're doing now. Um just mm-hmm. like in between the books, you know, just trying to see where they are, what what they're doing now, uh type of situation. So um, one thing I did is I created and I didn't mean it to create a book, but at a certain point, I did an interview with my characters as if, and I wrote it as if I was actually the interviewer and sitting down with each character, asked a bunch of questions that I came up with ahead of time, and then see what their answers would be based on their characters. Hmm. And, it, you know, like it's kind that. of like, yeah, what are you doing now? And I actually, I intended it to kind of give me a little more insight in my characters and maybe I could go back to the books that weren't published yet and add a little more depth or, you know, a little quirkiness to it. And I was really surprised of how it came out because I put myself as asking the questions and then what would this character say? You know, and it was both, um, you know, the the good characters and the characters that weren't so good. So it it... it ended up being a book that I have as, you know, it's a, a bonus book, but it turned out better than I thought it was. It was supposed to be just an exercise in developing my characters better. I think I may try that. I think I may try that because, you know, um, in my book number two, I have some, some people to, you know, um, they're found in the backyard. Dead. Yeah. And yep. so I'm wondering, you know, Speaking to them, if they thought things would have um, been different, um, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, I, I'm sure one of them is going to say, I'm, "I'm, well, all of them pretty much except for one will say, I'm, I'm, I hate that I met June. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I should have, I should have just, you know, told her no and just. You know, just uh, not. Yeah, they should have read the fine print. <laughs> uh huh. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, exactly. And um, no, I think that's that's really great. Um, yeah, that's a really great exercise to really stimulate your mind. Um, that's great um, to really to do to really start back writing again. Um, you know. Also, I just think that um, something that I find is very relaxing even though it seems like it's mindless, um, you're looking out the window. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, think... just looking out the window. Looking out the window, yeah. um, it was funny because there's this cat that was crossing the street. It was a white cat that um, the paws were white. And so, so I said, I saw the cat one day. And then mm-hmm. so my mom and I, we were both at the window the next day. And I said, and so the cat is crossing the street again. I said, oh, look, Mama, they're, they're socks. She was like, how do you know the name of the cat? And I said, I don't. I said, I made him up. I made his name up. <laughs> he said, why are you calling him socks? I said, because, look, his little paws are white. He has white fur in his paw. And they're like, they're like socks. 
and like she looked at me like, oh my gosh, like you, 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 something, you have such a creative imagination. I never knew you had this type of imagination. Yeah, she's like, you're making up cat names as across the street. So, you know, I think that's really a good exercise. Um, when you see people interacting, you know, you can kind of, uh, I make up stories about what they're saying. Oh, so And I. I have no idea what they're saying. <laughs> I have yeah. no idea. But I'm, but I'm creating something. Sometimes I'm sitting in, in my car in the evening, like I'm waiting for my son to get out of work, and he works at a local supermarket. And, you know, I just kind of relax a little bit and wait. And then the other day I saw, I was just kind of watching what people do, and I, I saw this man get out of his car, and I noticed he was wearing, like, one of those wall, vests from Walmart, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I wonder why he's going, you know, I was just thinking, why is he coming here when he works at Walmart, which also <laughs> sells groceries? Right. You know, so that was like what popped in my head. And then he walked over to his trunk and he lifted up the trunk and then he was taken out, he took off his vest and then he took off his shirt and then he put another shirt on and a jacket and he grabbed a bag. And I was, you know, it was just, you know, one of those you know, bags to go shopping in, but I thought it was mm-hmm. interesting that he waited till he got to the parking lot and then he grabbed the bag. I'm like, you know, he could be a bomber. You know, what's really in mm-hmm. that bag? You know, so I was thinking of all these mm-hmm. things, and I named him Fred. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just thinking of, you know, different things. You know, I was curious about how he was behaving, and, and then I just kind of made up a story about why he was going in there. You know, it was just one of those things, you know, you just observe people and it's just really interesting. And and now when you do see people out and you have to go out and do things, um, I only go out to do things that are mandatory, um, like take my son to work or go to the grocery store. Um, But the whole, you know, the whole culture has shifted so mm-hmm. if you cough, if if even if you sneeze or blow your nose, people like they spread. You know, they get away from you farther than the six foot rule or whatever. And when you do walk <laughs> near somebody, somebody you see how you know they move out of the way and things like that. So it it is a a whole new culture. And even when this you know eventually where life goes back to normal. I don't know if it will go back to normal. I mean, normal as we knew, knew it like a month ago. You right. Know, right. Even when it's, you know, when this dies down and fades out, you know, like other epidemics have gone, you know, people are still going to have in that, that mindset of things mm-hmm. that could happen. You know, right. and it's, it's kind of... I mean, I even was, I was, I will always listen on the news to whatever my governor has to say, because everything changes every day. And then I listen to Mm -hmm. what the president has to say and, you know, things that are changing. And, you know, so I, you know, keep my ears open for all of that. But then in my head, I also make up like, oh, you know, this could have been started by the president because, (laughs) you know, he wants to get reelected you know it not that he did that you know that was just my own right. no, thought you know okay. it's like 
that could be a story, you know. He wanted to get elected, so he's going to make himself look good and carry it on for a while, and then he just saved the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so stories can come from everything. So, you know, so you, you gave the example of somebody started to sneeze. Well, I go to the store, and I have some gloves on, and mm-hmm. I have and I have a um, a face mask on, and you think that, no, like, they forgot about that six-foot rule. They were, like, all the way, all on the other side of the store, and as I was walking through, they were going all the way on the other side of the store. So you are you are correct. They just looking like, oh, my God, or I get the, or I get the ones that are looking like, does she really have to go around with that on? Like, really, like, really, does she really have to do that? So I do get yeah. those that are giving me that particular look. I mean, they they say that the masks are good for people who may be sick, not necessarily the virus, but have a cold or whatever. But wearing a mask won't protect you from getting this virus. However, washing your hands and, you know, wearing gloves. I mean, today I went to the drive-thru at a Dunkin' Donuts to get some coffee because only drive-thrus and takeouts are open right now. Um, mm-hmm. And... The woman, when she handed me my cup of coffee, she was wearing gloves, and that's actually the first time I've seen that, and I've gone through mm-hmm. a drive through a few times, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, because they're not just scanning, you know, if I had to give, I had to give them my, my credit card, so, um, you know, they, and then handing me my coffee, she had gloves on, so I thought it was a really, mm-hmm. it was an interesting and good precaution that I saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. This has been the after show. Hello, Amy. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Hey, great, great. Um, so I just wanted to really um, find out what's going on in, you know, with your reviews. Well, actually, um, they've been. I've been getting more requests. Um, I think it was last week. Um, I posted on my Facebook um, book review page um, a video letting people know, you know, that I'm still accepting reviews and hoping that everybody's safe. You know, I just wanted to give it a little more personal touch than just writing a status. Um, So that actually inspired um, authors that I've read for before to, you know, send me some of their work and also... I got a, um, just from the day that I posted it, I got a lot more um, requests for reviews in one day than I have in a a long time. So um, it seemed like that video kind of helped, you know. So I just wanted to, you know, sometimes you just need to do a personal thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. I do it on my my normal Facebook page. I did it on my, um, I have a, Facebook page specific for writing and things like that, and I did one, you know, just kind of tailored it to that. But I was um, surprised about the, um, you know, the the reaction that I got from the video. So I um, I'm glad that I was able to do that and kind of make that connection. And even a couple of people was like, "You got a really nice voice." I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> No, that's great. Um, I was just really wondering if, you know, with everyone, you know, staying at home, if you're getting more people, 
that's writing and they're wanting their work to be reviewed? Yeah, a few authors that I've had um, or I've they're on my list now, um, they kind of have been writing more. Um, like there's one author that he wasn't expecting to write two books and release them so close together, but he has the time. So, um, you know, even before he scheduled his um, release, um, he, you know, his book is on my list. So it's, um, you know, sometimes it's like almost pretty much published ready, but, you know, he hasn't decided quite on the date yet. And sometimes they want to use my reviews as part of promotion and stuff like that. Um, so sometimes they use me as a beta reader, and I just kind of, you know, I, I give them a review. And if it's not a good one, then, you know, they can send it back to me. But um, I've had a few authors that are, like, they thought they would, you know, their books would be more spread apart, or they even had ideas for sequels that um, maybe they wouldn't normally have the time to even come up with the idea. So I've noticed a lot of creativity um, going around, not just in authors' writing, but um, just kind of worldwide. So I think that people who write are writing, people who paint are painting, you know, things like that. So um, they're doing what they can to fill up their time, which sometimes would normally be filled with, you know, their job or um, other things that they may be doing, you know, even something simple as errands or something. So um, I have noticed that, plus some people are looking at their past work that, I have an author who wrote something 30 years ago and, you know, it's kind of like dusting it off and thinking about redoing it. And one who wrote another um, book, but he he switching from one, from self-publishing to um, traditional publishing, and he's looking to present that to see if it will be republished but as a three-volume rather than a one-volume and he wants me to read it before he even pitches it to his publisher. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, it's to be honest, it's an honor <clears throat> to read another author's work. I mean, just that. Um, and I even wrote a tweet out earlier. I had gotten I I don't know how many, you know, author newsletters, emails, things that I sign up for, but I, my inbox is always filled with them, but I do look at them, and especially from authors that, you know, I've read for, and today I received one, and I was looking at it, and one of the promotional reviews was one that I had written, you know, a, a part of the quote or something from um, the review I wrote, and it that just seeing that that made me feel good that my words can help promote you know their work. I mean, we always talk about it, but seeing how authors are using the reviews once they get them, and you know some are very creative, you know things like um 
it's also interesting to see if you know what portion of the review they'll use because sometimes if my reviews are really long you don't want to have like a paragraph um for promotion you just want kind of like a you know a a one sentence or even you know a sentence with some ellipsis or something to just kind of showcase um your good review I think that's I think that's awesome. So let me tell you how I use my reviews that you do for me. So I put them in a video format, and so um, so basically I put it in the video format, and you know I post it so people can actually look at the review, um, and you know and have music going while while it's actually playing. So that's how I, I do mine. <laughs> yeah, I've I've had um, authors. Well, I've had a publishing company actually um, use my reviews to market some of their anthologies, and they use it in some kind of you know video form or um, like advertisement. But yeah, it's 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 really cool that you know somebody's using my words to help sell a book about their words. <laughs> well, and you know, um, you know, in order for in or, in order for you know us to sell anything nowadays there has to be a review and so that's the importance of the work that you're doing uh for everyone um you know who sends their work to you so they can have at least one review right and so that actually gets you started um and yeah. you know it's one of those things i had to tell my friends and family um and you know those who were reading my work hey leave me a review and yeah. I had to tell them the reason why. And then it became evident to them. They Then it was an aha moment for them. They're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. You know, I'm telling you I like your book, but, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't write a review. So I'm going to go back and write a review uh, for the work. And so I think that, um, you know, educating friends and family, because, I, you know, I say, you know, just like you, Whenever you went to Amazon and you purchased X Y Z, whatever that might be, yeah. and you you used you you it was a new product for you and you never perhaps used that brand and you want to know about the reviews, so you click on the reviews. And I said, so that's how it is um, in reading. Um, you know, an author needs reviews because if someone's never heard of you, then you don't. Um, then they don't know. And but if they say, okay, well, you know what, this looks pretty decent. Uh, these particular reviews, and so um, perhaps someone will buy your work. Yeah, and I've had people specifically buy someone's book because I recommended it. So mm -hmm. it's, um, you know, and I hear back from them. They're like, I had one woman who emailed me, and um, she just heard of me word of mouth and on social media. So she started following my reviews and then used those recommendations as her picks for her reading list and mm -hmm. you know she sent me a note and said you know I want to thank you for you know she was she's not an author or anything she's just someone who loves to read um mm -hmm. she's like I never even thought about you know looking at um an indie author's book until I started following you and your recommendations and she said that you know um it kind of opened her, you know, what her preferences, you know, they were like kind of like in a more traditional publishing, but, 
you know, it kind of gave her a wide variety of, of books to choose from and things like that. Because um, I know if I didn't do this, oh, probably the majority of these books that I have read, I probably wouldn't have read because they're not something that, like, stands out. Um, I found so many hidden gems, you know. And every time I go and read a book, even if I read from the author before, I don't have any expectations if I'm going to like it. Um, Even, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm doing it because I have to do a review or doing it just because I want to read this person's book, you know, um, you know, favorite author of mine. I and when I when I go buy a book, I probably I'm the one that doesn't read the reviews until after I've written my own and posted it, and then I'll go back and see what other people think of the book. But that's just because, you know, I write reviews and I don't want um, anything someone else wrote, you know, to kind of like stick out in my head and that I might be looking for maybe part of the negative thing they said or part of the positive thing they said, and I don't want anything to influence my thinking when I read it. You know, and that's um, that's that's funny because that's whenever I'm writing, I don't read somebody else's work um, because of that. You know, I don't want to get any ideas or anything or something really similar to uh, what somebody else says. <laughs> You know, I can create the crazy in my own head, uh, in my own head about some of the things that I come up with. But um, uh, I can definitely, I can definitely appreciate that as as well. So, what you do is so important to so many people, and um, you know, I think that more people should definitely, you know, follow you, and then also take a look at the books that you are reviewing. Because I will say. Um, I would not have um, read any of the books that I have um, if I wasn't writing myself and if I wasn't, like, you know, following your, um, you know, the, the reviews that you give because, actually, I'm on your mailing list. And so yeah. I, every time you send out a review, I see who uh, the book that you've um, actually reviewed. Um, I would still be reading and and not writing, but just reading James Patterson because he is definitely one of my favorites. Um, yeah. But since I started Mine writing too. my own, yeah, since I started writing my own, I'm I'm a little bit more into my work and and trying to really create and trying to hone in. Um, I've been working on a, a couple of different projects, so haven't had the opportunity to go back in and and do some more work on my on my own writing. But I definitely will, you know, get back to it really soon. Um, but that's one of the things that I really do enjoy. I enjoy the, um, I, I, I enjoy creating my characters and I really take pride in, in how the, how the book turns out and how the character comes out of my mind, um, onto the page. And that's one of the things that I really do like the most. I, I like that too. I, the characters only be, almost become like part of your family or something, they're, um, you know, you created them, and sometimes, this happens to me a lot, I don't know why, but if, say I'm watching, like, the credits, or I'm driving by a business or something, and I, I see a name, like a person's name, or whatever, and I'm like, oh, I think I know that person, and then I realize that their name is, like, the name of one of my characters, 
You know, it's like some, sometimes that happens, and I don't, like, you know, I just kind of whatever, you know, I go through a process of naming and some things fit, and I don't base my characters off of individual people, um, but, yeah, creating them, sometimes it's like I know them, you know, I see, like, the name on a, like, a lawyer, side of a lawyer's office, their name, and I'm like, do I know that person? That name sounds familiar, and then I realize it's a character. So, you know, they what you create is, you know, you're gi- giving life to these characters. I mean, because anyone who picks up a book and reads it are there for the journey. They want to feel like they're right inside the story. That maybe they feel like they are the main character, or they have like the, what they call their book boyfriend. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they um, some stories I'll read, and I feel like I'm like sitting right next to you know the protagonist or even the antagonist because you're if you're right in the middle of the drama, which is you know that's the adventure reading is. Um, you know, it's even if it's nonfiction. It's telling a story. It could be a true story or it could be something that came out of someone's imagination. And you read it and you're like, why didn't I think of that? Or that Uh is, you know, uh that is so interesting, you know. Um, So when you have a creative mind, um, like I kind of go back and forth between creative and, like, analytical and logical and which is a really interesting combination when I'm trying to develop characters. But it, it is, it's just, it's kind of like your characters that you create, you've created them. And if you feel like they're a person or they have human qualities, you know, maybe they could be an alien or a talking dog or whatever, but anyone if they can relate to them, whether they like them or hate them or love to hate them, then you know your your mind is doing something remarkable. Um, I know myself, because I've been struggling writing, um, that I'm, decided I'm not giving up writing, but I'm going to kind of focus on doing some short stories and see how that pans out, just because it's a lot easier for me and I've been dictating them into, I'm working on a short story now. Well, I say it's a short story, but I've been dictating it into my phone, into my digital recorder, and I'm actually surprised how well it comes out because I'm doing it in first person. Like, I'm putting myself in the shoes of my character and I just kind of lean back, close my eyes, and just kind of start telling their story, which is hmm. a whole new process for me um, to even be able to do that. But I needed to find something that works, and so far that's working. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, so I just want to kind of piggyback on what you said about the um, um, <laughs> about getting into the character. And um, so... So, the earlier part of the week, um, so, so I do, so, you know, I work pretty much online um, mm-hmm. as my profession, and so I sit, because of everything that's going on, I sit um, 
looking out next to this window. So I can kind of see um, out the window. It gives me something else to look at. You know, I can turn my head to the right and, and look at the um, my my computer screen and kind of look up and I'll see the kids playing, you know, um, yeah. across the street. And so, so I was reporting on um, these kids across the street. And so reporting me and I was telling my mom, yeah. I was like, oh my goodness, you know, this young, this young girl is, is trying to skate and she didn't have her balance. She had skates on and she had a lollipop in her mouth. And I told my mom, I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, that's an accident that's, like, waiting to happen. Because every every two seconds she was, like, falling down on the ground. And then her sister was riding the bike in the middle of the road. Now, she was skating in the middle of the road, too. And people, like, fly up and down the street. And so I'm reporting out to my mom, you know, what's happening, going on. And so one time she goes, you are Eliza? I know you are Eliza. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at that window just like Eliza. And so and I, I paused for a moment, and then I was thinking, oh, Eliza. And then I, I just, like, <laughs> bent over laughing at her. And um, so for those who haven't aren't read the Seption and Emily Graham novel, Eliza's a character. She's a nosy. She's a nosy neighbor, and you know she's the type of person that if you're gone on vacation, you want her to be to watch your house. Like she knows everything that goes on, and so I was updating my mom, um, you know, all week about things that was going on, and so she kept calling me Eliza, and then and then everything that I said was. For real, and it was like it was true. I was like, something's not good because these kids are like in the street playing. And yeah. so, long story short, three days later, the police shows up at the house, and the the mother's not there. And so, um, and so then I'm I'm creating a story in my head, like what happened, you know? So I'm creating my and I'm still yeah. looking out the window. And my mom was like, "You're Eliza." I said, "I know I am." I said, "I know I'm Eliza." <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, Eliza knows everything. You got to do something. Business. <laughs> I know, I know. Eliza knows everybody's business. She witnessed uh, a crime, and she's she doesn't back down. And so, I think if anybody, whenever they read my stories and they say, um, "How how how do you come up with those characters?" You know, it's are you are you a part of any of those characters? And I always say no because I'm not. But Eliza, I I own yeah. that. I own it. That's me. Like I, I am Eliza. I'm the person that looks out the window and know that and knows whatever is going on. And so um, that is a character um, that uh, is after my own heart, and she's a little bit of me. Now that's the only one that I can say. But um, but, but yeah, that's that's wonderful. Uh, and <laughs> you know, you created her without even really. You didn't consciously think I'm going to make Eliza like me. You know, right? It's something that you created. Now, I know, like, I have different characters, and sometimes I don't think about, you know, oh, they're, you know, there's a part of me. But, you know, sometimes they have maybe different traits or characteristics. That might be something, um, you know, that I could relate back to myself. Mm -hmm. I've also had characters that experience things, and then years later I experienced something similar, which... Then it caused me to think about how I wrote it and thought those, um, how it felt, and I realized that 
you know, the way I had written it years before was exactly how I felt when this, something similar happened to me. Um, I also have characters that, you know, they, there's one man that shares um, my love of history. Um, there's other characters that like the music I like, and then there's some that like music that, you know, um, have no, you know, that I don't normally listen to. Um, you know, or maybe there's like, uh, you know, they they drink the same kind of wine or, you know, something like that, you know, because I know it or I've researched about it or tried to experience it, you know, so there's always those pieces that come out. But I think the best characters come without even consciously thinking, oh, you know, this would happen to this person, you know, if you don't really think about it and just create it, then it works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's what's funny about that is, um, you know, I had to, there's this, um, in one of the books that um, that I'm writing, I have a character who he's, he's, sell, he's selling drugs. And so I had to put myself in a situation where it's like, okay, if I was out here selling drugs, you know, you know, what type of music would I, would I listen to? And so, and so, um, um, so I, I had, you know, um, I had him singing the song. I had him, uh, I had him singing Snoop Dogg's song. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that, that um, works. It, it, it did. Um, because, you know, it's the one about, um, I think it's called laid back. (laughs) And so Mm. he's talking about money. And yeah. uh, got my mind on my money, got my mind on my money, my money on my mind. <laughs> and so he's actually singing it. And, um, what, and, you know, the thing about it is after I created it, I was like, you know, I never would have, like, so how did, like, it's like, how did I even come up with that? <laughs> it's like, how did I even yeah, come up with exactly. that, that song? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes it's like, um, I, I have a villain who I absolutely love to write for it why I brought him back from the dead so many times. But one thing that people didn't know about him, and it was like his guilty pleasure, is that, I mean, he's like, he was an evil man, now he's just a jerk. But he his guilty pleasure was watching The Old Full House, you know, the television show. Yeah. That was his guilty yeah. pleasure. I mean, and you would not expect this evil villain to be sitting down watching a sitcom, you know. Um, so, you know, I kind of, like, threw that. I'm like, there's got to be something that people would be so shocked if they ever even knew about it just because the kind of man he was, you know. But that was, like, his, like, hidden little secret. <laughs> and it really makes it really makes him more relatable because, you know, if I watch that show, then he watches that show, then we're similar. And so you can actually attach yourself to a character's um, because they they do some things that you normally do. Yeah, exactly. You know, he might just, you know, he could plop on the couch with a bowl of popcorn and watch TV or munch down on a bag of chips or, you know, he could secretly screen it on his laptop in his, be- in his bedroom so no one else knows what he's doing, you know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's so many different ways, you know, you can, you know, you put yourself in the shoes and you think about what would this character do? And not like, what do you, 
if you think about what what would this character do or, you know, what would be shocking about this character and not like, okay, like, oh, I, I'm writing for a drug dealer, so I automatically think that, you know, this is what he's going to do, you know, without giving it a stereotype but making him a person, you know. Right. Right, yeah. Mm-mm-mm. The things that we come up with. I know, and it's so much fun. I know, exactly. Yeah, but it was just so funny and cute that my mom called me Eliza. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she connected with the story as well for her to remember, for her to remember that. And then she told my aunt um, how I was, like, snooping out the window and, and that she called me Eliza. And my aunt started laughing because she, she read the book, too. Um, so, so. Uh, so they were picking on me uh, the earlier part of the week, calling me that um, whenever I saw them and talked to them. That is so funny. I mean, when when I read, you know, Eliza's story, I pictured, like, Cicely Tyson. I just love mm-hmm. her and that spunk that she has, no matter what character she's playing. And that's who I, like, kind of pictured, you know, being Eliza, you know, somebody that I can relate to. Be, and, you you know, I mean, she's wonderful on how to get away with murder. So I just. Oh, I know. You know that just. <laughs> she's just magnificent. I've always liked her work, but I could see her being Eliza. But I love it that you are Eliza. <laughs> yeah. she And she just has such a very strong. Um, uh, she has such a strong presence, you know? Even though yeah. she's petite, she just has a strong presence. Yeah, Yeah, and, and, and that's so important because, you know, people do, they look at older people like they haven't lived, like mm-hmm. they're in the way. And mm-hmm. wait till they get that age, you know? And if they can be mm-hmm. half as strong as Eliza, you know, mm-hmm. then they're lucky. That's absolutely true. Well, this has been the After Show. I'm Mackenzie Stewart. And I'm Amy Shannon. So whether you want to write a book or just read one, we have the show just for you. Till next time. Till next time. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.